Welcome to another episode of Go Girl, because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. This is a podcast where we focus on affirmations, motivation, girl power, and girl talk. Today's topic, how to help yourself or someone else with depression and anxiety. We'll talk to a therapist in girl talk after this. are two of the most powerful words, and what you say after shapes your reality. That's why positive self-talk is so important. Today's I am affirmation is, I am present. I am present. To be present means you're not focused on the past or the future. You're focused on this moment right now. What are you doing right now? Just say it to yourself like me. I am doing a podcast. Everything about this moment feels good to me because I am in the present moment. I am living my life in the now. And to be really present, you can focus on the five senses. You know, what's around you? What are you touching? What are you seeing? What are you looking at? You know how many times we drive and (laughs) our mind is so gone that we get to our destination and we're like, whoo. Thank God I got here safely because I do not remember driving here. You ever had that? I'm, I'm sure you have. You know, you're so used to going the same route or your mind is just wandering everywhere. So you're just, you're not focused on the road. You're focused on your thoughts as you're driving to get to where you have to go. You're not being present. But if you are driving right now, if you are cleaning, whatever you're doing, focus on this moment. What are you touching? What are you tasting? If it's bad breath, go brush your teeth. (laughs) No. And what are you hearing? Yes, I took a a break for a second, so I I know you were hearing me. But there might be other sounds around you. There might be car noises. There might be birds chirping. There might be uh, planes going over your, your house. What are you hearing? What are you smelling? Right now where I'm doing the studio, there's some food or something in the, the, the break room and something smells good. I'm hungry. I want to ask someone, where do they get their food? But I'm not. <laughs> but that's me being present in the moment, paying attention to your senses, the touch, taste, feel, sight, smell. Be present. When you think too much about the past, it can cause depression. Now you're thinking about your shoulda, coulda, wouldas, right? What you did wrong. What went wrong? What you could have done differently, You're thinking so much about the past. It's taking over your thoughts. You might cry unexpectedly. That's why it's important to be present. When you think too much about the future, it can cause anxiety. I've suffered from both of these at some point in my life, depression or anxiety. Anxiety, more so lately, to be honest, is always like, what's next? You're worried. You're living in fear about what's to come. You know, your heart might beat really fast. You might have shortness of breath. You're overthinking, right? What's to come? That's why it's so important to be present. There were times where I thought I had everything I wanted, and I'm still like, but what's next? You know, what what else can I do? And then I'm so in my head that I'm not realizing in this moment, I have to be grateful for this moment. Just be grateful for waking up today, right? It's small things that we take for granted. 
And some anxiety is situational, you know, the nerves before public speaking. You might be too concerned with what you're going to say or how people will treat you or, or will perceive you while you're talking. We're always in our mind, and that's because that's something that we could definitely control. We can't really control someone else, and if you're trying to stop that, but you can control yourself. You can control your thoughts and your actions, your reactions, and all of that. So if you could control your mind, then just try to be present, be aware of your thoughts. I want you to try a quick exercise if you can. Just inhale, hold for a couple of seconds, and exhale, and I'll do it with you. So inhale. Hold. Exhale. Try that a couple of times throughout the day and pay attention to your breath when you're inhaling and when you're exhaling. Breathing is constant. That's something we're, God willing, you know, we're doing all of the time until we're no longer here. Breath is important. That's why I practice meditation and I talk about it so much because when you focus on your breath, you're focusing on that present moment. My thoughts were going crazy at one point, and I texted a couple of my friends and asked for some encouraging words, okay? I was crying. I went to my vices, which is chocolate chip cookies and wine. Like, I was just all in my head. Like, what am I doing? What's going on? And I usually just get into my shell. But in this moment, I text my friends, and I ask for help, which is huge for me. I'm usually the one, the strong friend who, you know, I don't reach out to too many people about my issues except for my mom and my sister. But, you know, to talk to friends and be like, hey, my mind is all over the place. Can you say something nice and sweet? I need to hear some good words. One friend called me immediately and, um, you know, gave me some encouraging words like the devil is a liar. Then Another friend was texting me some uh, encouraging words. So then I was able to relax a little bit. I listened to my thoughts, and I ended up working on a project that uh, I can't wait to share with you all. And it's a forego girl. I'm excited about it. But you see how just sitting in that moment, feeling that feeling, releasing it, uh, sharing it with others, and them helping me through it, and then... After that, which now I realize, I think I was just being stretched and growing in a certain area. And God was trying to reach out to me and kept telling me this project to do. And I kept running from it. And God is like, no, and put it in my face. And here it is. And now I'm going to come out with the project soon. So stay grateful for the moments. All right. So because we're always in our head, in our mind, I wanted to have Girl Talk with a therapist about anxiety and depression. That's coming up next. I'm so excited to have Girl Talk with Miss Melanie Lee Hall, the owner of You Can Therapeutic Services. She's been doing therapy for over the last decade and specializes in depression and anxiety. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am excited. So excited to be on. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to you because um, I feel like a lot of people are going through depression and anxiety, and we need help out here in these streets. But first, let me let me rewind. Uh, I know Melanie from high school, and I was in your mother's class, Miss Lee, and um, I used to call her Mama Lee because she was like a mama to me in uh, high school, so... I know if, you know, you know, you're her daughter, so I know she's passed on some 
beautiful life lessons to you. And now you can pass it on to other people, especially women, on this Go Girl podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I, I think she did all right. I think she did. Okay. She, she, she did okay. She did she fine. Did. <laughs> so first, let's explain. Um, let's. What is depression? What does it look like in case uh, people don't know if they are suffering from it or in case someone else wants to know if their friend or family member or someone is depressed? How can you define it? Okay, simply put, depression is when we're feeling sad or just blue. It's one of those normal occurrences that everyone has felt at some point in their lives, right? Right. Um, there, There's a time in life where it becomes a challenge and it starts to impair the way that we're able to function in our families, with our friends, at our jobs, in our social lives. And so that's when we see it become a disorder. And usually we hear the word disorder and we get all scared. We hear mental illness. We don't want to talk about it. We feel ashamed and right. all of that. But I don't want you to think of it as a negative term. Uh, I want you to think of it more of something is out of order and we need to be proactive to get it back into order. Gotcha. So some of the systems, um, symptoms that we see are persistent sadness, anxious or empty feelings, this feeling of hopelessness or pessimism. It's really like you don't see the world getting better, mm-hmm. right? And this is like long term. Now, there might be an instance, something happens and you're like, I don't, I don't see my way out of this. But when it lasts for a, a long period of time, then we know that something's not right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There's feelings of guilt, worthlessness, helplessness. A lot of times in kids and men and women, we see irritability. Right. right? So you might hear somebody say, dang, she has a bad attitude. She might just be depressed and dealing with some stuff, you know. Right. And Um, and and she might not know it because I feel like so many people cover it up through different vices and whatnot. And they might not know that they are, in fact, depressed. Most of the people who come to see me say, this person, my mom, my dad, my husband, or my girlfriend, they they say I'm depressed, but I don't see it. So, Mm. of course, once we do the measures, they're like, okay. Then they get scared. I'm like, no, 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 no big deal. You have depressive symptoms. A lot of people don't really meet the criteria for a full major depressive disorder or something like that. But, like, here, now that we know the symptoms, we can work to eradicate them. We don't have to numb them with with extra work or with drugs and alcohol and all those things. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't know. Right. And so you did mention that it's long-term because I know, like you said, it could be situational. Some people just might not have a good day or something happened that could affect them, and they're sad about it, of course. What is long-term? Like, how long is long-term depression? It it depends. So when we're looking at a major depressive episode, you're looking at something that has lasted for a couple of weeks. It's been very consistent Mm. and we might see it recur several times or it could just be that single episode. But you're seeing severe um, symptoms being met. It's not just like, oh, you were sad, but you're going to need to see that the person was feeling sad. They've been fatigued or have low energy. They can't concentrate. They're either suffering from insomnia where they can't sleep Mm -hmm. or that hypersomnia where they're sleeping all the time, right? There is a change in, there's a change in your eating habits, which means changing your weight. What that looks like, is it more, are you getting um, chunkier? Are you getting thinner? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So there's Mm -hmm. different things that you would want to look at. There's suicide attempts, there's suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. So it's about frequency and how many of the criteria that you meet. So let's talk about anxiety then. Define anxiety for me. Perfect. It's more, it's one of those reactions that we have to perceive threats, right? So in small doses, anxiety is one of those 
helpful things. It lets us know that something is wrong. Oh, there's a bear. We better do something about it, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you have those people like the same with depression where it occurs too frequently and it becomes too severe, so it becomes debilitating. And so that's when it's an issue, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you look at the cycle of anxiety, like something will happen, we'll have this event, right? Mm-hmm. So that event causes us to want to avoid something, right? Right. So in order to feel that short-term relief from anxiety, it's like you get to avoid class or you get to avoid um, doing a paper or avoid speaking at an event, right? Mm-hmm. And it's immediate. It's this like immediate relief that feels real good. So the symptoms, those anxious symptoms that we're, we're worried about, the rapid heartbeat, um, right. sleep issues, stomach feeling upset, all of that, it goes away for a moment right? Mm -hmm. Until you meet that situation again. Mm -hmm. And so in turn, we avoid things, but it builds up long-term anxiety. The fear worsens and our brains, they start to learn that when the anxiety provoking situation is avoided, the symptoms go away. Right. But in reality, we're becoming more fearful and there's more avoidance. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, because what do we do to not avoid that situation again, because life happens and something might, mm-hmm. you know, the same situation might happen again. What can we do instead of running away from it? You know, it's like fight or flight. Like, okay, I don't want to confront my feelings or myself or this situation again. So instead I'm not going to deal with it. Is that where people are not healing from whatever caused the anxiety in the first place? Of course. Yeah. Right. I mean, anything that we avoid, we're not touching. Right. right. And if we're not touching something like it, it's not getting worked out, you know, like if I'm not working out, I'm not building any muscle. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm not dealing with the stuff that is causing me to become anxious or that's triggering me to become depressed, I, I'm not going to deal with the root cause. Right. Right. And so one of the biggest one of the biggest things that I say, is people are afraid of therapy and I'm like, go get it. Mm-hmm. Right. Go reach out. And you get some help in learning to see what the triggers are. And then you have somebody to walk with you through how to not avoid them any longer. Wow. That's good. And and how are some or what are some ways that people can cope with depression or anxiety if they feel like they can't just get rid of it all together? How can they still function in society? So how do we manage, right? So if you're not in therapy and you're kind of just trying to figure it out on on your own, self-help is amazing, right? It can become overwhelming, but it is something that if you're looking online, you you read some books, you can figure out some ways, some interventions you can do to decrease your anxiety or to even decrease your depression. Um, One of the things that I will say is that it is so important to have support, Mm right? Right somebody that you can reach out to. Like we were built, we were created. Look, I'm a faith-based counselor, okay? And we Mm -hmm. were created to form relationships. We're created for community, right? And so if if you're not a believer in God, then okay, what is your source? Who are you connected to? Who are the people that can help you deal with these emotional issues that come up or the trauma that you faced in the past, right? right? So I believe the first thing that you do is get connected. One thing with um, with depression, we want to isolate, mm-hmm. right? We don't want to be with nobody else. We want to be by ourselves, one, because we don't want to be a burden to the next person, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. But the other, it's just like you don't feel like dealing with people. Like yeah. sometimes you just, yeah, they get too much. You know, people, people too hard sometimes, right? Yeah. But like in long bouts, 
it can bring more harm than good, mm. right? So we want to get connected, emotional, um, tangibly. Um, th- that's like when, when you go to emotional connections, that's your friend. Sometimes you just need a hug. Touch is so important. Yes. And especially in this era, I mean, you know, me too. You got to be careful who you touch. You got to be careful, like, what's happening? You don't know. But it's important, like, when they're safe touch Mm -hmm. like it can mean the world a hug can do so much to heal yes right so there's that there's being able to talk to people you can trust you have that tangible support where people can actually help you with practical problems like if your depression or anxiety is triggered because of like financial issues Mm -hmm. you can go to somebody that can help you with your finances Mm -hmm. you don't got to figure it out all by yourself right right if you need if you need transportation an issue figure out is there a ride share program with your job you know there's different types of support um, the social support, belonging to a community like a church or groups online or groups in person, they're super important. So I would say the first one is getting connected. I like that one okay. because I am that type of person when I'm going through something, I want to crawl into a shell. I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't, um, you know, I, I try to stay off social media for a few days. Mm-hmm. It's like I just want to be alone. And in another part of this episode, I talk about how um, – there was one moment where I said, you know what? I'm going to try something different. I'm actually going to reach out to people and say, hey, I need some help. I need some encouraging words. And it really did help a lot. Instead of me just crying and sulking, I was able to talk to a couple of friends and they helped me out of, you know, those negative thoughts that were that was coming over me. So um, definitely connect to someone else. That's so important. And like you said, a hug is huge. Like just touch huge. is so important. And I don't think anyone realizes that. So right. it's so funny because mm-hmm. when we're babies, we get touched and hugged all the time. Right. We grow up and we don't need it no more. Are you kidding me? Right. It's so necessary. Or sometimes, I don't know, sometimes things happen to people in their life and mm-hmm. they don't want to be touched. You know, it might make them feel uncomfortable now, you know, you're right about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people now too love touch and you know, they they say, I'm a hugger. You know, they want to hug. And I think that is so important. I've I've become more of a hugger <laughs> over the years. But at first, there was a time where I I just didn't approach people with a hug. But um, right. with a lot of self-help and self-care, I realized that is a loving gesture, you know. It can be. It, ain't it crazy, though, how you connect with people and all of a sudden you ain't in it so long? You ain't in the pit so long? Yeah. 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 What are your thoughts on social media and its effect on anxiety and depression? I feel like um, a lot of people use their phone and see all of these other people who are posting their highlight reel or whatever they're posting and people start comparing and feeling sad about their life and it's a lot on their mind. What do you think about social right. media? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's true, right? So what what I'm in the research and things that I've been reading, I know that it might seem like it's always causing it, but I'm not sure if it's more of a cause that social media and internet and just like having smartphones in our hands all the time are like causing these symptoms or if it's more of a correlation, right? Mm -hmm. And so because we're spending more time 
and we didn't talk a lot about it before, but because we're spending more time doing less healthy activity, because exercise really does help our mood and our ability to function, right? And because we're having this disrupted concentration where we can't even sit in face-to-face interaction without telling somebody, hold on, I need to check this text, or hold on, let me check this post because it might be important, right? Um, We're losing sleep because we're scrolling for hours when we could have been asleep three three hours previously, or three hours prior. So, I think um, a lot of it just comes because those things are super important when it comes to making sure we're rested, making sure we're eating well, making sure we're connected to people who are in front of us and people online. It can mm-hmm. be positive. Mm-hmm. But those things, when we lack those, we might find ourselves falling into uh, being easily triggered in our moods, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, yes, I, I do think that enhanced connectivity with the ability to post an opinion or a view and like have it read by millions, it can be an awesome thing or it can be a negative, right? Right. So we have people having violation of their privacy, defamation, whether it's like an individual person or a collective race or a group of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cyber bullying and yeah. FOMO, like that fear of missing out and social social comparison. Right. Yeah, it definitely has an effect on how we view ourselves, how we view others, and how we do not think that there should be negatives in our lives and that we think that things should happen quickly. It totally ruins how things really work in the real world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like we don't live in the moment. A lot of people are not present and they're keep trying for the next thing when it's like, just be grateful for this moment right here, right now, you know? (laughs) Facts. Always trying to arrive, not knowing that we've arrived because we woke up. You know what I mean? Everything that we do with the mundane tasks from washing your dishes to mm. the big things like doing your podcast or helping people overcome depression or anxiety, like that's all a part of purpose, you know? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Can you tell the people, because some people might have the anxiety and depression and they might feel like, oh my gosh, I have a problem. I don't want to tell anyone else about this. Like they don't know how to connect with someone else about it. Can you just let them know that? They do not have a problem, like make them feel okay, like you are enough and everything is going to be all right. Look, you're normal. You're human, right? We we have a human condition and we deal with stuff and life is not easy. If you are able to see that you've been feeling anxious or you've been feeling depressed, understand that the reason that I know um, the interventions to use to help people is because there's been a host of research and people coming in with the same issue. It's something that is normal, right? It's something that doesn't feel normal. And we do want to change it so that you can walk happy and be productive in life. But at the end of the day, reaching out for help is one of the strongest and hardest things that you could ever do for yourself. Mm. It is one of those things where you might feel ashamed of, but that's the good thing about reaching out to people who are your friends or a therapist, especially a therapist. We're bound by confidentiality. We're not about to say your name or talk about you anywhere. Right. You have so much courage um, to either hold it to yourself because that takes a lot of courage and <laughs> to mm. like, okay, I'm not going to reach out, but it's so much courage in reaching out for help. And you're not crazy. Mental illness doesn't mean that you are incapacitated in all rights. It just means that there's something that's out of order and you want to get sick. It's right. like going to the doctor for a cold. Exactly. Thank you. Because I feel like, um, when people say mental illness and mental health, it's so it's becoming 
more common, which I love that people are talking about mm-hmm. it more, but people felt like, oh my gosh, I'm sick or I'm crazy or something's wrong with me. But like you said, the analogy, look, you get your body checked, get your mind checked. It's okay. Right. It's a part of your body, you know? You're coming to me and you're giving me these symptoms. And I'm like, I've never heard of this before. You might be an anomaly, but there are criteria mm-hmm. that let us know how to figure out, is this an anxious disorder? Is this a depressive disorder? So that lets you know you are not alone. It is common. Yeah. What are some benefits of therapy? Oh, my gosh. Just having a place where somebody can listen. Look, I am a therapist and a minister of the gospel, and I have a therapist, okay? Mm-hmm. And she is one of the best things to happen to me, right? Mm-hmm. You have a place where you can talk about what's triggering you and then work on ways to not let it affect the rest of your world and to keep your eyes focused on what's the reality and how you can challenge the false realities that you're the cognitive distortions, the irrational thoughts that are trying to fuel both depression and your anxiety. How long have you been going to therapy? Off and on for about, let's say, seven years. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, and it's just, like, obviously, people get into their professions for some reason, right? And while I did fall into therapy um, as a therapist, I think that a lot of it is because I deal with, I would deal with so many depressed symptoms and anxious symptoms that I was like, shoot, I need to figure out how to do it. And once I figured it out, I'm like, why don't I want, why wouldn't I want to help people through these tough times, you know? Right. I love that. But I think that maintenance is another part. Everybody thinks that you can't be well and go to therapy, but you can. It's it's a part of maintenance to make sure that everything stays where it is, right? Mm -hmm. Because life adjustments happen all the time. We're always transitioning. And so even when I got married, hello, transitions. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Reaching out to that therapist real quick, like things ain't things ain't working right. They're not right. working like I want them. Right, know? right, right. So it's always going to be a transition. And to have somebody there that can support you and walk you through rationally, it's a beautiful thing. Do you think uh, sometimes it could come from control? Like we don't know. We're, we're just going through life and we're living and we're trying to figure it all out. I feel like life is just full of self-discovery. And oh, yeah. we try to control the outcome do you think that's where a lot of it could come from like where does depression and anxiety where can it come from well i mean they both can be genetic so you you can be um more likely to experience them both um if, if it's something of your family history so that's why it's important i know we all can't get pieces of our family history yeah. but to know as much as you can right to mm-hmm. see if this is something you're more susceptible to so it could be simply from genetics it could be things that are happening in the brain there's more research that tells us that things um just aren't lining up in certain with certain um parts of the brain and then environmental so triggers and then trauma the stuff that happened not only in childhood but adult trauma as well yeah yeah anxiety and depression are different but they can't they're often co-occurring meaning they happen at the same time and then usually a therapist will have to figure out which is the predominant what, what do we need to focus on first? But the good thing is a lot of the um, the interventions that we use can be the same to help with both. A lot of them, not all of them. What I've heard before is that depression a lot of times is us thinking about the past and what should have, could have, would have, you know, happened. Mm-hmm. And then anxiety is we're thinking too much about the future. 
Is that true? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's something that I tell so many people, like if we can stay present and I, you said it earlier, but like staying present, I tell people all the time is the safest place to be, even when it's scary, mm-hmm. because when you're in the moment, you can problem solve better. When you're in the moment, you can see reality for what it is. When you're in the moment, you can challenge the negative thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I think that we, it's good to look in the future. And it's good to look back to know what not to do anymore and what to continue to do. But your present place is the safest place to be. And that's why with especially anxiety interventions, we use a lot of grounding techniques or mindfulness techniques, which help you really stay centered into where you are and how you can continue to move peacefully past that. Can you share one of the grounding techniques? Sure. So, okay. So there's one I do with everybody that is pretty simple and it's just color, shape, and number, right? Mm -hmm. So you can choose between the numbers three and five. So, well, let's just say if you are feeling anxious in a moment and you want to bring yourself back to, back to the room, because we just want to get in the room, you'll scan the room for three different colors, three different shapes, which I always get stuck on. My kids be like, that's a parallelogram. I'm like, I don't (laughs) even know what that is, but fine. Okay. (laughs) Whatever you say. And numbers. Okay. <laughs> right, exactly. So even right now, wherever you are, just tell me three colors. Blue, red, purple. Okay, shapes. Um, circle, square, triangle. And for your number, you can either find the actual numbers or you can say, I see seven books. I see two doors. So oh. give me three numbers. Three, two, four. It's just it's the number we are on in the podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. So... <laughs> So those kind of things, when you slow them down and you scan and you pay attention to what's in the room, they distract you. That's pretty much what it is. Right. And it can help you when you learn other techniques like deep breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, and other relaxation techniques that you can bring yourself back to a place of calm. And in that, you can move forward challenging a thought or problem solving correctly or reaching out to a safe person. I suggest meditation a lot. What do you think about meditation? I think that it's necessary. Yeah. Right. As long as you're not getting lost in thoughts that are right. not helpful. Right. Then it's perfect. So you want to watch what you meditate on. Mm-hmm. Right. We watch what we magnify. So affirmations can be good. Oh, right? I do. And, I do and, that on every episode of the Go Girl podcast. <laughs> I heard. There I am. Right? Yes. <laughs> so just being able to, to sit with those positive things. Yeah. And sometimes they don't work. And when they don't work, you switch to some new ones. You say, okay, what am I today? What can I add onto my list that might encourage me today? I like it. Let's move to social media. Some people asked uh, questions, some of my listeners, and um, pretty good questions. I want to get into it. Be Elevated on Instagram asked, how can family and friends be there to support a loved one without becoming overwhelmed or drained? So you set your own boundaries. So in instances, especially as a therapist, people are going to come to me all the time, friends, family, whatever, and they're going to want to share. But I also have to know where, how much is too much or when I need a break. So if I'm feeling some of my tells that I'm getting overwhelmed, then I'm allowed to tell them, hey, I'll call you back in about 15 minutes. So a lot of times I'll set boundaries and I'm like, hey, I have 20 minutes to talk right now. Not rushing you, but I'm about to run into another meeting. How can I help you today? What do you need from me? Yeah. Right. So setting your own boundaries is important. Knowing that if you don't answer the phone for a second, it's okay. If anything happens, it's not your fault because people control their own, what they do. 
Right. right? So it, even if it feels like somebody else hurt me, I can control how long I stay hurt. I get to choose which emotion I desire to feel. Now it takes work to know how to shift that, but remembering that you are you, are you and Ashley, you are Ashley, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're having an issue, that's the second part of the boundary is that I know that your stuff is not my stuff. Right. Right. Okay, so keeping it clear that if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm taking on too much, and that lets me know I'm trying to be somebody I'm not. I'm not you, and I'm not God. <laughs> I cannot. Right. Or I'm, I'm trying to be everything to everyone and not being enough to myself, you know? Exactly. It's, it's, that, exactly. That's a good so one. I think when trying to love on people, you have to know your capacity. Yeah. Right. So if you can if you can give them all of you at one point and it doesn't drain you, that's great. But when you start feeling that it's too much, Set the boundary lovingly. They don't have to know. You know, you just be like, hey, I, okay, I'm going to check in with you on Friday. So what's today, Monday? That that gives you some days to, to pour back into yourself. Right. And then you check in on them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different these days, you know, because we're not friends where uh, we talk every single day because, right. you know, back in the day, the conversations were light and happy and just fun and crazy. But then as you get older and bigger situations and more traumatic situations happen. It's like, Ooh, girl can't listen to this every single day, you know, but you not still, every day. not every day, but you still want to be there for that friend without them feeling like you're not there. Right. And then for a helper, like you're a helper, you know what I mean? And for people who help in our helping profession, mm. we have to be very cautious of that vicarious trauma. That's basically, I take on what you're dealing with as if it's my own. Right. Yes. And so that's why having our own place to release is important whether it's journaling, whether it's just singing in the shower or going mm-hmm. to your therapist, right? Yep. But also, again, recognizing, like, that's your stuff. It's not mine. And and then going to do something to fill yourself back up afterwards. That right. is more than okay to do. And what are some examples of how to fill yourself back up? Well, one, you got to know yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like getting to learn yourself and seeing what works for you. One thing is get outside, get some fresh air, get some sunshine, go go do something fun, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the movies. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're into comedies, go watch a comedy. If you're afraid of thriller movies and and all the scary stuff, don't go watch that. Right. You know what I mean? It's just doing doing the little things that you enjoy. Yeah. Go get a chai tea latte because that is my life. You mm-hmm. know, it's the it's the small things that yeah. that you can do. I love that. Thanks for telling the audience that. Uh, I have another question on social media, Ryan. Asked, does one truly heal from PTSD? I'm I'm a firm believer that we can all heal from the stuff that we go through. Yeah, but I do believe that it takes a lot of time, a lot of focus, and I do think that there will still be some triggers. That, but that doesn't mean that you're not healed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, if there's levels to it. There's levels to forgiveness. There's levels to healing. And I think that sometimes. God will allow for something to happen to show us that we're still not done with something mm-hmm. yet, that there's still something there. And so we work through that piece and we get to the next step of healing. Mm-hmm. We do fine. Something triggers. Boom. You're like, oh, no, I'm not healed. Yeah, you are. This is just the ne- next level of your healing. Right. So I, I do believe that there's levels to it and it might take a lifetime or it might take several years, but it can happen. I, I believe that. I like that because. Yeah. (laughs) When you're healing through something, you're like, dang, I fell back a little bit. But like you said, it's not falling back. Sometimes you just um, you're reaching another level and you're presented Mm -hmm. with something else that you have to heal now. 
Wow, life is just amazing. Right, and in that beginning, you've already learned the tools that you needed to jump out of that pit a little faster. Right. Right, so you're not stuck for six months again. Now you're only stuck for three. Mm-hmm. The next time, now you're only stuck for two. And then you get to the point where, like, you're only you're only down for the count for, like, two days. Yeah. You so, know, like, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's always improvement. Yep. Um, there's, like, a meme that goes around. You have five gangster, what is it? five minutes to shed some thug tears <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> and I, I love that, but I hate it at the same time. And right? why is that? It's, a, it's when people, they put, the, they put a limit on how long you can feel some kind of way about something that happened. Right. Now, again, we know that something becomes disordered when it lasts for too long and it impairs other things around you. That's when we want to get stuff fixed. Mm-hmm. But when people are grieving, whether it's a death, whether it's a loss of a relationship, let them grieve and mourn and work through it. Help them to continue to see the positive mm-hmm. and the hope of the future. Mm-hmm. But ooh, don't tell me how long I can feel a certain kind of way. Because okay. I'll choose to stay where I want to stay as long until I'm ready. Yeah, until like, I'm It ready might not seem healthy, but when I'm ready, I'll move. Yeah, and then, it, like you said, it might not seem healthy, but whatever, that's someone else's healing. You know, they that's get out of something are. maybe quicker. But with us, mm-hmm. we could probably get out of it at, you know, this amount of time. So uh, you did say to be there after a relationship or whatnot and, and tell them some positive things. There is a social media question about that. Like, how can you tell your friends and family how can they be there for you without the cliches, without saying the, you know, oh, let it go. Everything will be okay. Everything will be all right. You know, how can they explain what's going on with them without someone just throwing a positive affirmation to them? Uh, they can't control that. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of times, yeah, there's nothing that we can say. Like when we're in a we're in a pit or we're in a bad space, there's nothing that we can do or say to make somebody not do that unless okay me and ash you and me we've been friends for for years right Mm -hmm. and you know my ups and my downs and i tell you like hey when you say that it does not make me feel better please don't say that again so there's one way you can set a boundary and be like hey since you are one of my persons like this doesn't work for me can you please stay away from that but other than that we can't control how they will respond to us. Yeah, because if they're, they're your friends or family, they just want you to be happy again, you know? So it's right. like, oh, let it go, girl. It's all good. You know, they just want you to be good. But like you said, you can't control really what they say, but you can control right. how you receive it and if it doesn't work yeah, for you. And, and even what you just said, like, they're, they mean the best. They mean well. It ain't helping, mm-hmm. but they mean well. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of post-traumatic growth? You know what? No. So I looked it up because someone wanted me to ask you about that. And I'm like, wait, what? It says positive psychological change experienced as a result of adversity and other challenges in order to rise to a higher level of functioning. Makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know there was a name for it, but explain your thoughts. Now, um, there is another name that I know about. Now I can't think of what it is. It's growth something. It's super simple, but mm-hmm. I'm losing it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it is. It's when you learn how to positively respond to things, you just get better, yeah. right? Like I was talking to you about the healing and how mm-hmm. there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. Once you've learned techniques and you've learned coping skills that are healthy and adaptive instead of, that, like, maladaptive, mm-hmm. then you do grow. You become better. You see opportunities for growth rather than the the pessimistic side of life, it's, right? So this, this growth 
um, theory, this growth comes from Mm -hmm. desiring to do more with what has happened to you in the past. After you've gone through so much, you learn how to push past. Yeah. Adversity. Uh, It definitely helps. It's kind of sad, but it's a good thing. It's kind of sad how much you have to go through sometimes. But mm-hmm. when you go through so much, it seems like it just becomes so much easier. Like, okay, well, I got through this last time, so I know how to get through this again, right? For sure. Yep. And it's remembering that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we forget. And, and we sit there, we're like, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Help it. And then you're like, come on, you just, this was two months ago. <laughs> come on. You, and, you got it. You you got it. I'll be looking at my class like, come on, what we just do? They're like, but I don't want to. There it is right there. There it is. <laughs> <And you're, laughs> when you're ready, let me know. <laughs> you're a faith-based therapist, which is good because pretty much we know all things, you know, come from God. And we can get through all things with God. And if he brought us out of something one time, he'll bring us up out of it again. Uh, it's the same yeah, with life. Okay. <laughs> it's the same with life. What are your thoughts? Uh, last question. Um, from social media, what are your thoughts on the CBD oil trend? Do you suggest any natural products to take for depression? Okay, so because I am not well-versed with CBD and all those things, I I can't really answer to that. I do have siblings that um, deal a little bit more in that for more of like their physical health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say for what I do know, like aromatherapy and things can help. Right. So a lot of my clients, when they try diffusers, it helps them with their sleep health. Mm -hmm. It helps them with calm. It helps them with just feeling a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And so I know that people do use aromatherapy, their peppermint, chamomile, rose, lavender, Mm -hmm. that trigger positive feelings in the brain and will reduce stress. Mm -hmm. So I I am aware of that. I need to do way more research on CBD. Yeah, it's, it's a rise. It's coming up, girl, you know. Like oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I know. And, you know, and I'll be honest. I've been lazy with that. So, okay. Yeah. One of the things that can cause overwhelming anxiety is trying to know all the things. Right. Right. And so what I've had to slow down and stop trying to be all things and know all things and focus on what I do know and kind of grow in that. And I've been letting my siblings learn all that other stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm waiting for them to teach me. So I was telling me I'm lazy in that. Gotcha. But um, it has come from me saying, okay, slow down. It's too much to learn. Let me let me do it slowly so I'm not overwhelmed and give my clients a sense of an anxious therapist. That ain't no good. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> you do have an online, uh, do you want to speak about this, the online anxiety management group? Is that, um, you know, can you tell me some details about it? Sure, of course. So, like, I am starting, I've been doing depression management groups and anxiety management groups, but I want to do one online, and I just um, – of course, it's already done, but I want to make sure that it's good for online consumption to make sure people are getting what they need, whether it should be live or something that is done just um, on an e-course on their own. And so, yes, it's teaching all the tools and techniques to help manage or overcome um, the symptoms that prevent you from being the best you, right? So mm-hmm. learning how to deal with anxious um, thoughts, learning how to deal, well, not even really the thoughts. This is more of a management thing that's not therapy so I wouldn't be in there really helping with challenging all the thoughts but I teach you how to do it right Mm -hmm. and so like I said earlier we can read a lot of the self-help books and web pages because they really help but for some it can be so overwhelming and I just want to help people be able to implement certain interventions consistently so that they can have sustained change over time and that's what it's about. It's that long-range upkeep, not just the short term. Just like we want that long money and not just the short money, mm-hmm. we want long-term, like, help. 
So like you say, women are powerful. And being able to deal healthily with our mood will not only boost our ability to notice that power, but we'll be able to fully walk in it. So this this um, management, this anxiety management, that's the first one that I'm doing, is really just going to teach people what is anxiety, um, the different types of anxiety, panic assessments, doing assessments to see, do I need to go to a therapist for this, right. or is this something that I can work on by myself? I'll mm-hmm. teach about cognitive behavioral therapy and what they could experience with a therapist or with me. Mm-hmm. And um, relaxation skills, what medication looks like, exposure therapy, um, just like learning how to figure out how we think and how that influences how we feel and how that influences our behaviors. I love it. Well, I cannot wait to let me know about it when it launches and everything. We'll get you back on to talk about it. And Right. Um, and I do, yes. I mean, you can sign up for um, on my website at youcantherapy.com or it's melanielee.com and then get informed when, when I release it. But I also have, Uh, my book, 31 Reasons to Praise, because life gets rough sometimes. Mm. And I'm a firm believer that praise and worship is one of those things that can help heal the symptoms of depression and anxiety. And so I do definitely have that book on my website. And for anybody who listens to this podcast, um, I can, you can get a copy for at least 15% off, right? Yeah. So it's, you can get it for 15% off on my website. It's melanielee.com. Um, by using the coupon code YouGoGirl15. Perfect. Aw, thank you for for hooking up my listeners with a you know a little discount right there. Appreciate it. Of course. One one question is popping in my head. I don't, I don't know. Let me just okay. ask this, and then we could get going. Um, what do you think about medication to help with your depression or anxiety? I believe that medication with help from interventions and learning coping skills can be an amazing way to help people feel better. There's a lot of people who are so keyed up and revved up um, with their anxious symptoms that they can't sit and focus and listen to me and try anything out, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people already come to me on medication Mm. and I help them with the tools that they need so that they can reduce that medication in time. I think that it is a disservice to somebody to have them on meds and then they feel better and they get off and still don't know what the hell to do to help themselves manage. So with that being said, I believe that medications work. They do, they can, Um, but also coupling that with therapy, that talk therapy and then learning the basic interventions can be something helpful. Yeah. I think some people, um, like I said, they, they stay on their vices or they, go to medication for help, but not knowing that, you know, it does take work. Everything takes work to Everything. to be better, to feel better, and to heal better. So what are some ways that people can, um, you know, some quick interventions that people can have to uh, decrease anxiety or depression? Okay, so that is a really good question. And there are some, a few things that can really be helpful, right? Mm-hmm. For one, somebody who's dealing with anxiety and even depression, let's cut back on some caffeine, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I found with a lot of my anxious clients is that when they can reduce the amount of caffeine or cups of coffee that they have in the morning, might have a little bit of a headache, but they're not feeling as anxious and keyed up as they were. Right. Right. 
Um, again, it can help to get outside, get some fresh air. Sunshine can do you good. Um, get in, um, get in the room. We talked about mindfulness and grounding earlier. What do you see around you? Scan the room. Pay attention to it. Are there cracks that you never noticed before in the walls? Mm-hmm. Are there holes you never noticed? Or like, is, is there somebody new? What kind of shoes does the person next to you have on? Mm-hmm. Like, really analyze what's happening in front of you. For both anxiety and depression, sleep health is so important. A lot of times we can't sleep. Either our brain is moving a million times a minute, journal in that case, or we're we're waking up in the middle of the night. And so lowering the lights or not being on your phone at least 30 minutes prior can be super helpful in helping you regulate your sleep so that you can feel better and more able to attack the day without anxiety attacks or depressive symptoms ruling um, as you move forward. That's, yeah, that's really good because I feel like, too, people are on this whole, um, you know, sleep when I die type of trend or no, I don't believe in that. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> or they'll keep their TV on all night. So I like they're trying to run from their thoughts or something, or they don't want to think so much, so they try to add a distraction. Now, if they go to TV sleep. can help them fall asleep and it's not keeping them up another three hours, perfect, mm-hmm. right? But if it's one of those things that they're watching it now to be a distraction and they don't go to sleep till two o'clock in the morning, they got to get up for six at work. That's an issue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The same thing with scroll, mindless scrolling on the internet. I have a lot of parents that will come see me, and it's their only alone time between 11 and 1, but they'll spend it just mindlessly scrolling on the internet instead of sleeping and getting rest, Mm -hmm. which I get it. Like, they need their me time, but it could be more productive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I always tell my clients, and just my friends in general, is like, expect, like, gradual change, Right. So expect your mood to improve gradually. It's not always going to be immediately. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will be like, snap out of it. Oh, that happened forever ago. Right. But it takes time to see things shift. It takes time to see things change. And we might see a change in somebody's sleep and appetite shift before we see their mood get lighter Mm. or before we see the anxiety decrease. So a lot of times it's sticking with it, knowing that we're working on a whole bunch of things at the same time, not getting overwhelmed and not feeling like you're a failure, but saying, okay, something is shifting and this is going to snowball into complete and total healing for me. And right. Yeah. And think about the result of it all. Like, okay, if I keep doing this and working on myself, I am going to get better instead of, you know, falling back like, oh, you know, those positive affirmations or whatever, meditation, all that, that ain't helping me. I'm going to go back to drinking and self-medicating in other uh, unhealthy ways. Because those seem faster. So right. a lot of times that's what happens. And with a the therapist, we don't get so frustrated with it because we understand that's the process. Mm-hmm. So like our friends, they might be like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? But for people who come to me, I'm like, okay, when you're ready to do the work, I'll sit here with you until you are, right? So that's another good reason to go to therapy because your therapist can help you say, okay, let's bounce back. You already mm-hmm. know you already know how to do some deep breathing. Again, deep breathing is very helpful because it tricks your brain into thinking that you're calm, right? Yeah. So the, you, we already know your deep breathing. You already know all that. How can we move forward together, right? Yeah. So it really is important to know that we will stumble, but that doesn't mean that we have to go all the way back to right. where we were. You, it might be a few mistakes here and there, but as long as you know, okay, th- as long as you're aware pretty much and know, mm-hmm. okay, I fell back a tiny bit, but I'm still on my self-help journey because I feel like it's right. just it's just a journey. And it's, it's going to take work. Dig deep 
and get through it and do it. Take the work. Do something every day that uh, will make you happy, that will make you feel better, that you know will be uh, better for you in the long run. I like that you said that. I heard somebody on one of those sponsored posts on Instagram, and she said, I diversify my happiness. I said, mm. yes, yes, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is exactly it. So that one thing falls, that relationship falls, you ain't got nothing left to lean on. Right. And it's like because you didn't diversify your portfolio, your happiness portfolio. Yeah. So making sure that you learn different things in different domains of your life that give you life, you yeah. know, that make you happy and do those. There's something called behavioral activation that we use with depressed clients. And it's really just scheduling things that you used to like. And no matter how bad you don't feel like doing it, because when we're depressed, we don't want to do a darn thing a lot Mm -hmm. of times. And just doing it because you know that that builds up a little bit of happiness. Yeah. Right. And you do it a little bit every day. And you snowball into like, all right, I had a happy week. Yeah. No, absolutely. It could be something so small as what I do is um, I do my meditation and prayer, but I also learned that just putting on a song and at least dancing to one song a day just makes me feel really happy. It gives me good energy. I'm working out a little bit, and it just boosts my mood to um, bring We're twins on that. It's a good thing. You said what? I said we're twins in that. Oh, okay. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just dance a little bit. Sing a little bit, even though if you can't sing, you know, just have fun being yourself and and who do you go to because I feel like you're the strong friend and people come to you because they know that you're the therapist who do you go to when you need help or relaxation well I have strong friends I'm really grateful for that um and so I'm able to go to them I can dump on them and they're pretty much able to hold it and the one thing that's good is that I've become a little bit more mature that if they don't respond it doesn't mean that they don't care. Mm-hmm. It's that, okay, that was, there's nothing that they have to say, right. that they're just willing to be my, my dumping space, right? right? And so I've known them for long enough to build that type of relationship. So I do have strong friends. Um, I do go to my, my mom, mm-hmm. to my therapist, and my prayer closet, let's be real. Yeah. Like, Girl. I, I hit that prayer closet very often because life is overwhelming. Yeah. And, and it gets really heavy. And, of course, when you deal with – when you're in the ministry and when you are dealing with people in your practice every day that are dealing with this stuff, that means you kind of get hit hard so you know how to help them better. Mm. And so a lot of times my life is super heavy while I'm sitting in front of people. But if it wasn't for my soul friends and it wasn't for my therapist and my prayer closet, I'd be a hot mess and no <laughs> one would come to me. <laughs> okay. At least you know yourself, though, right? Just know, like, ooh, oh, I would be oh, a yeah. mess if I, can, if I do not do this, that, and the other. So let me figure out ways that work for me where right. I am more centered, where I feel better, where I feel happy and, um, and do more key. of that. Yeah. Doing what works for you. You got to learn yourself. A lot of times we've been so in everybody else's business and trying to figure out what everybody else does that we haven't learned ourselves. Yep. So knowing, like, and just trying it out. Like, oh, I really didn't like paddleboarding. Okay, I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's figuring it out. Figure it out. Well, thank you, Melanie. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share? Um, that's it. I just appreciate the time to share with, with all the listeners. Yeah, just hoping that something that I said can either that either it helped you edified you or is like saying, all right, maybe I will go talk to somebody. Yeah, that's just my hope right there. Talk to somebody. It's so important. So how can people reach you through the website? And uh, are you on social media as well? Or is the best way is through the website? 
I am on social media. You can find me at It's Melanie Lee. That is through Instagram and um, You Can Therapy on Instagram. Um, it, you can find me on social media, but like I said, I'm trying to be focused on things and not be overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and so the website is one of the best ways to get me. But Instagram, It's Melanie Lee. Well, thank you, Miss Melanie, for coming on the Go Girl podcast. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, and you go, girl for taking your power back hey. and you helping the other ladies and everyone out. And um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people got something from this episode uh, with anxiety and depression. So I appreciate you, girl. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you too. Now it is time for music motivation. motivation. I make big money. I drive big cars. Everybody know me. It's like I'm a movie star, but late at night, something ain't right. My mind is playing tricks on me. I try my best. That was from Ghetto Boy's 1991 album, We Can't Be Stopped. And the song is called My Mind is Playing Tricks on Me. And in fact, you know, that song is really deep. They're they're talking about things they've done in the past. It's always hunting them. They're talking about uh, their mind just playing tricks on them and how they're living this lavish life. But at night they come home and they're stressed. You know, their thoughts take over them. You know, when you're alone, those thoughts that you have when you're alone are the thoughts that really matter. Because a lot of people can function and still have a mental illness. They'll be out and smiling and have a big personality. But in reality, when they're alone is when they think. They think about all the problems they've had or all the problems they think they have or the problems that face them for the future. They think about who they are as a person. They might have negative self-talk. You know, all of these things, especially people in Hollywood. This entertainment industry is no joke. All right. I've been around it. I've seen the people who have like negative habits. You know, you see people popping bottles all the time and drinking and doing drugs. And it's like a lot of them are trying to escape something, are trying to escape and run away from their real self. That's why you have people in Hollywood who commit suicide because they're living with depression. A lot of comedians, Robin Williams, super funny. Super successful. Looks from the outside, looks like he might have it all, right? Committed suicide. There are other musicians and actors and people young and old who commit suicide all of the time because they can't run away from their thoughts. You know, something in them is eating them alive and they'd rather just let the pain go in an unfortunate way. Also in Hollywood, people make it to the top. I was reading a story about Carrie Hilson and Melanie Fiona, and right when they're, reach, they're at their peak in their career, even me, at the peak of my career, and in that moment, you're just like, what's going on? What's next? You're, feeling, um, you're not feeling good in, internally, and you might realize it was the people around you or it was the, the messages you were seeing or the things you were saying to yourself that's affecting you. My mind is playing tricks on me. Your true self is really loving and kind and peaceful and pure and full of bliss. You know, your true self is a great person. You're compassionate. You're understanding your true self. So that's why don't listen to your thoughts in your head all the time, girl. Your mind is playing tricks on you. Just ask yourself, how am I doing? 
How am I doing? Am I happy right now? Am I sad? What's on my mind? What's taking over? What do I want? You know, what are your thoughts looking like? And ask someone else, how are they doing? Genuinely, instead of getting a, oh, I'm fine, answer. How are you really doing? And listen to them. They might just open up about everything they're going through, everything that's on their, on their mind. My mind is playing tricks on me. Get a hold of your thoughts. A lot of mental illness is based on what we tell ourselves, right? We tell ourselves we're not good enough. We tell ourselves we're not worthy of this success. Or we tell ourselves, I'm afraid of success. You know, fear could really take over your life. So practice meditation. Do some stress-reducing exercises, such as stretching. I love stretching. In the morning or the night, journal. Write down how you're really feeling. Write it all out. Take care of yourself. All right. And if you need to try therapy and if you need to try therapy, because most of the time with mental illness, with depression and anxiety, it's your mind playing tricks on you. I'm sorry. I know this show sounds really serious, but we have to tackle these topics and get real with ourselves, get real with our thoughts, get real with our mind, get real with our actions. We have to take care of ourselves. All right. So, going to lighten it up a little bit, and it's time to celebrate. Today, I'm giving a huge Go Girl shout out to Mary J. Blige. You might be asking, what's the 411 on Mary? Well, she's now the face of Mac's new Love Me lipstick line. So, you go, girl. You go, girl. To see her rising up, and after all she's been through, just in her life in general, with drugs and dealing with you know her thoughts and everything and dealing with a divorce and toxic relationships to see her rise and be the face of love me that's the most important part love yourself it says the new mac love me lipstick collection celebrates the love and respect you have for yourself who better embodies self-empowerment joy in love for life than music icon Mary J. Blige. So you go, girl. She's also getting her own limited edition lipstick called French Silk. So cop that, all right? It comes in 24 shades and has those brownish, peachy, pinkish colors that creates a nice nude lip. But don't we like to see women turn their lives around like that? Knowing that she's gone through what she's gone through and to come out on top. She's on tour right now with Nas. She's still doing her music after all these years, and she's learning to love herself. Okay, do you follow her on Instagram? All her cute little pictures and stuff. I'm like, dang. And she's, I believe, in her late 40s, early 50s, looking good. All right? She's all tanned and glowed up and showing off in her two-piece bikini. She better live and enjoy herself and enjoy her life. She deserves it. So, again, congratulations, Mary J. Blige, being the face of Mac's new Love Me Lipstick line. Well, that's my show for today. I hope you learned a lot and I hope you are able to help yourself or help someone else who might be battling with anxiety or depression. I want to thank my guest, Melanie Lee Hall, coming on to the Go Girl podcast. You can catch up on all the episodes on my website, ashleycaprice.com. There is a drop down that says Go Girl podcast. Listen to them right there. We tackle so many topics and have so many more to go. Be sure to follow at Go Girl Podcast on Instagram and be sure to tag me on social media. Whenever you listen to an episode, leave a comment. 
You can follow my personal pages too at I am Ashley Caprice on Facebook and on Instagram. And thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. But for now, I am out of here. And remember your affirmation. I am present. You go, girl. <laughs>